Welcome to Mining the Truth with Ray Sturdivant. Thanks for joining us today as we continue wrapping up our series on The End Times Prophecies. Here's Ray. Hi, I'm Ray Sturdivant. We're studying The End Times, and today I'm here with my good friends John Lay and Danny Jacobs. Welcome, fellas. Hi, do Well, where do we go next? I uh, wanted to really get into the concept of a revived Roman Empire ruled by the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. So you guys have any thoughts? Well, last week, or last time we were together, actually, you talked about how the uh, the three beasts were totally different than what I always thought they were. I always thought the false prophet was going to be the pope, and the other beast was going to be this political figure, and they were going to unite and be a part of the Roman Empire. Yeah, I was assuming, like everyone else, that the first two was Stalin and Hitler. <laughs> I don't even want to know who the other. Uh, <laughs> I, I was looking for the third yeah. in the Congress or the Senate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back to reality. Yes. So, uh, any thoughts on kind of the whole revived Roman Empire versus, I believe, you know, it's Islam, obviously. Well, I, I guess the number one argument is that when uh, Jerusalem was sacked in AD 70, Rome did it, right? I mean, come on. It was the Roman Empire that came in and was in control, and they, they destroyed the temple. Yes and no. So I want to I go back to you're referring to a passage in Daniel 9.26, and it's talking about the end times and the destruction. It's predicting the destruction of the temple. Then after the 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary, and its end will come with a flood. Even to the end, there will be war, desolations are determined. So where a lot of people get uh, that you just mentioned Mm -hmm. is Rome. They say the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And so Rome uh, destroyed Jerusalem and the temple in 70 A.D., there's a there's a huge catch to this though, okay? Because Titus was the general who went in to put down the rebellion. He was putting down a Jewish rebellion, and really had did not intend to destroy the temple and the city. He was just trying to shut mm-hmm. down this rebellion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at extra biblical sources, the actual legions that he led in, even though they were Roman citizens, they were all Arab. Wow. So this verse does not say the nation that is to come will just—I'm sorry. It doesn't say that the nation of the prince who is to come. It says the people. And so by that, the people who actually destroyed the temple and the city were actually Arab. And look what is sitting on the temple site there now. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I want to kind of—I want to prove that to you. Um, because there were actually four legions that were under Titus during the Roman siege against Jerusalem. Okay. So Legion 10, I'm going to really have a good Tennessee accent on these names, <laughs> so bear with me. Uh, Frentensis was actually, that 10th legion was from Turkey and Syria. Legion 15, Apollinaris, is from Syria. Legion 12, Fulminata, is eastern Turkey and Syria. And Legion 5 was Macedonia, which was Serbia and Bulgaria. So the predominant folks who went in and seized the, the temple and Jerusalem were Arab. This is actually confirmed also by Josephus. 
Here's a quote from him. The greatest part of the Roman garrison was raised out of Syria, and being thus related to the Syrian part, they were ready to assist it. And that's from his book, The Wars of the Jews. So even during this time in AD 70, you can see biblical prophecy being played out in this, this battle between the seeds. Absolutely. I want to give you one more quote from Josephus. The multitude of the Arabians with the Syrians cut up those that came as supplicants and searched their bellies. Nor does it seem to me that any misery befell the Jews that was more terrible than this, since in one night's time about 2,000 of these deserters were thus dissected. That is the actual description of the Arabs who had gone in to destroy the temple and Jerusalem, and they were filled with such hatred for the Jews, and there were the Jews had actually swallowed some of the precious stones and gold from the temple to hide it from the Arabs. And this is a description. The Arabs were actually cutting them open while they were alive, searching through their intestines to find the, uh, you know, the gold and the, and the jewelry. But, you know, I have an even more compelling view is if you take Daniel 9.26 as not being fulfilled yet, to me, is a better way to look at that passage. And the reason I go there is because in the whole book of Daniel, Daniel always jumps from the Greek empire to the end times empire. Right. right. There's yeah. nothing revived. There's nothing uh, ab- about it. You have to, in my opinion, read into Scripture to try to get a revived empire at a da- any portion of Daniel's prophecy. You know, people typically will read a revived Roman empire into Nebuchadnezzar's Mm -hmm. dream of the statue. Well, it jumps from Greece empire, the waste of bronze Mm -hmm. and and the, and the thighs of bronze to legs of iron and feet of iron and clay. I I don't see a revival anywhere. It jumps right there. And then when you go to other passages in Daniel, it's always goes from, if you remember our line uh, bear and leopard. Right. The lion is Babylon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, bear is Medo-Persia, and the leopard is Greece, and then it goes to the fourth beast. Mm-hmm. So throughout Daniel, he's very consistent. He goes from he'll go from uh, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, end times empire. No revival, no anything. So for us to read in Daniel nine that it's Rome that he's talking about the destruction of the temple and the in the city, it obviously happened, but the Bible is full of dual prophecies. And so I believe he's actually talking about the end times destruction. You've been listening to Minding the Truth with Ray Sturtevant. If you have questions or comments for us, you can email us at ray at miningthetruth.com. Also, we'd like to ask that you take a minute and prayerfully consider supporting this ministry. And if God has prompted you to do so, just go to MindingTheTruth.com and click Donate. Thanks again for listening. Now back to Ray. You know, just to confirm what I was mentioning about, I believe this is ignoring uh, the Roman Empire and going all the way to the end times empire. And I talked Mm -hmm. about dual fulfillments. Another dual fulfillment is from a mention of Daniel 11.31, Forces from him will arise, desecrate the sanctuary fortress, and do away with the regular sacrifice. And they will set up the abomination of desolation. Everybody knows that's talking about end times, 
that when the Antichrist goes in the temple, declares himself to be God, everybody calls that the abomination right, of desolation. Right. All right. Well, Antiochus Epiphanes partially fulfilled this uh, back in 167 B.C. He did the same thing. He went in and took over the temple and actually slaughtered a pig in the temple, in the Holy of Holies. So he desecrated the temple. But yet, when Jesus prophesies about the future in Matthew 24, 15, he ignores Antiochus Epiphanes' uh, first fulfillment. He says, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through through Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. So my point is, Historically, a prophecy can seem to be fulfilled, mm-hmm. but yet biblically, the Bible ignores it, and it's talking about end times. I believe that's what's happening with yeah. Daniel 9. I want to go back a little bit and ask you a, a kind of a roundabout question about, you were talking about earlier, uh, about it being Arabs that attacked the Jews uh, when the Romans uh, took back over. Um, what was the unifying for the Arabs? Why, why? What was the deal for the hatred for the Jews? I know. I know now. Of course, it's obvious because of their disagreement of uh, who Muhammad was and whether or not you know Isaac and Ishmael, um, all that backstory. But what was it? What unified them then? Just was it an ethnic thing? Well, you know, you I, know? I, just, I just believe that it's this enmity that's been prophesied. Throughout history, right? But, so, but then that was centuries before Islam came about. What unified them against the Jews? But is it really is just that? Well, uh, they're in the army, and they're supposed to go put this rebellion down. So, as an army, they had to go put the rebellion down. But they took it much further than Titus ever intended. Right. He never intended to destroy the city, the sanctuary. He just went in to put the rebellion down, and the Arabs just went out of control. And just sacked the place and took out their hatred uh, that they have for the Jews on them. So let me ask you this, Ray. You pretty much took that Daniel passage that most people, and including myself earlier in my life, yeah. talked about the Roman Empire being the the end times empire. Uh, but what about you? What do you do with the Revelation 17, 9 passage that says, Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Now, Mm -hmm. everyone knows that Rome is a city built on seven hills. So, again, is it the Roman Empire? Well, it says mountains, not hills. (laughs) There you go. I (laughs) mean, right off the bat. And we've already seen that mountains are symbolic for seats of power. So, nowhere else do we think this is literal. But Except we get here, and we want to read Roman there in there, so we say these, uh, this is literal, but it's not literal mountains, it's hills. So, A, I have a problem with that interpretation. The other is Rome is actually a city of eight hills. Uh, Vatican City is on the eighth hill. There are also over 40 different cities, you can Google this, yeah. that are cities of seven hills. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you want to go down that path, the city of Istanbul in Turkey is the city of Seven Hills. So, is it Nashville, North Carolina, also in Seven Hills? In Seattle, Washington. Yeah. Here in America. Yeah. So uh, you really have to read Rome in, in this to try to make that a proof point, which I don't think it's talking about hill, literal hills anyway. It's talking about seats of power. And so uh, I think that is a 
a pretty hard thing to try to say that that proves that that it is uh, Rome. Certainly more congruent with the other view. Yeah. The seats of power. Yeah, it's it's consistent with biblical prophecy and the allegories, which is one of the reasons, you know, that we went that we went through it. So it's it's a pretty hard thing to prove, in my opinion. Okay, so are you saying then that there will not be a revived empire at all? Well, it'll be revived in this sense. It'll be a revival of the region. Okay. Because if you look at all of the prophecies in Daniel, mm-hmm. they are it, he is combining the region, uh, the Babylonian Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire, and the Greek Empire. So it is a revival of that region. And if you lay that map, if you take those empires and you, you put them on a map, the ten nations that we talked about by combining Ezekiel 38 and Psalm 83, it lays on that map perfectly. It will send a chill down your spine to see how Daniel and Revelation come together and then also Ezekiel 38 and Psalm 83 and describe that region. So it's a revival of that region. So if you need to see Rome in there, it is only the (laughs) Eastern Roman Empire that is going to come about. And so... If you need to see the revived Ottoman Empire, you know, it's certainly the same region as the Eastern. It, actually, Eastern Roman Empire didn't cover all of the territory right. that is prophesied there. So, but it did cover England and Spain and Portugal. Yeah, that's the, right. the Western right. part did, you know. <laughs> A lot more than 10 countries. Yes. And, of course, now you have the unifying factor of Islam. Yes. And all that moving in that direction. Also. Yeah. Yep. And you could say, you know, a revived Ottoman Empire. I'm okay with that because okay. right. it's ruled by Islam and it's the same region. But I just see nothing in Scripture that talks about a revive any anything revived. It jumps from right. Greece to the end times. Well, that's all the time we have this time. We will pick this study back up again. I'm Ray Sturdivant, mining the truth. Thanks for listening to Mining the Truth with Ray Sturdivant. If you have questions or comments for us, email us right here at ray at miningthetruth.com. We welcome your comments and hope you'll join us next time for more of End Time Prophecies.